All right, everybody, welcome to a emergency episode of Wilbur Tigers here. Alongside me is Chris Brown and Huber. And so the news came out today. The Tigers have hired President Scott Harris as the new president of baseball operations. And one of those things that came together so quickly that, so let's follow the timeline here about approximately 255, 3 o'clock, Chris sent me a message and tells me from a source we know that he was he was named as a, sounds like the name that's going to be the next you know president of baseball operations. So I started working on a draft a little bit, try to get things ahead. But I also thought, well, is this going to happen? I'm not sure when it's just going to happen. But we just figured that it was going to take some time. You know, see, the Tigers are now in Baltimore, and they have a road trip that'll come back till next week. So I figured, yeah, <clears throat> soon. So then I say it to everybody here, like, hey guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Supposed to head out to Erie to cover the Seawolves playoffs. And as I'm crossing Woodward, Nick Leach, who's the head of our social media operations, sends a, a message in our Slack chat. Hey, and sends a tweet to Jeff Passan. And my notification went out the same time for Jeff Passan. And then I just literally nibbled his feel about this and just pivot and ran right back <laughs> and started writing up the article. So and I'm still in studio, so apologize for the using my laptop mic. Greatest quality, I admit it, but same time, rather do it now than waiting till six thirty, whatever. I have to beat traffic on the way home. So, gentlemen, first and foremost, how are you guys doing? Oh, really good. Nice little jolt to the uh, otherwise dull afternoon. <laughs> yeah, all good. Yeah, you know, I had to. Pick up my son from school and I'm dealing with a playground incident now that happens with eight-year-old, nine-year-old boys. But other than that, baseball is interesting. Yeah, and it was a name that we did not see coming at all in some of the, in terms of a pedigree background on Harris. This guy has quite a bit of education to him. He's got his MBA from the Northwestern Kellogg School of Management, which is a pretty prestigious school. Originally graduated from UCLA, 2009 with a bachelor in economics. And he started the London School of Economics in 2007, and he has worked in baseball before. He worked for the director of baseball operations, or excuse me, he was the Cubs, the director of baseball operations for the Cubs. Worked with Dill Epstein, and Dill Epstein said nothing but glowing things about him. And uh, he, and under Jed Howard too, he's got big time pedigree to him. And so this is something for Tiger fans that I have. Somebody said on Twitter and some of the lines of. He's a baseball nerd, and we're baseball nerds, and I'm cool with it. He's also five years younger than Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see his age. So, yeah, he's, he's what, 34, 35? Yeah, I believe so. Awesome. Outstanding. Very yeah, you know, it, was, it was interesting, you know, when you, when you heard the name, and obviously I'd heard the name before, but it had not come up in the last month or so. When you look at his resume and the whole pedigree, you're wondering, well, why wasn't his name mentioned? You know, you think that would be, he should have been at the top of a lot of lists just based on what he's done. And we'll, we'll see what he ha- what he does. So he went, drew for the Mets consideration in 2021. And so from there, as far as names goes, you always see the same generic names involved in the list. And I don't remember Scott Harris coming up for the Tigers at all. And I'll be honest, Chris and I have been talking about this. We thought that they would probably go inward with the hire. So this totally flat out shocked us. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't. Don't go ahead. 
I, I would say, you know, I, I'm about 90 to 95% wrong about what I was saying. I still don't think AJ Hinch is in, in, in danger of being fired, but you know, I was, I was saying they're basically not going to do a real search because yeah. of that, but this is exactly the sort of hire that a team doing a real search would have made. Right. So I have to, uh, you know, retract my previous statements and say that I was wrong there that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I sent you some messages earlier, Raj, and I'm like, you know, before it was officially, you know, the title and everything I was saying, you know, either, either he's on his way out of San Francisco anyway, and this is kind of a lateral move and he's a GM or they're going to promote him. He's going to be the, the president of baseball ops. And that's what they did. They promoted him. And so that's how you get somebody like this, right? You, you have to promote him. And that's, I think basically where the title of president of baseball operations comes from. It used to be that there was just a general manager and like maybe an assistant GM. Now there's like 17 positions because you need to <laughs> keep promoting guys if you want a good ones. So that, yeah, I mean, I, I have no, no complaints about this. I have zero idea if he's going to do any good, but everybody who, who knows him seems to like him. There was a nice tweet from Brian Bannister. Somebody posted in our discord, Brian Bannister was a you know, former Royals pitcher. Like some of Floyd Bannister, was it? Uh, what am I thinking of those a former Tiger pitcher with the same name? Brian Bohannon, that's what I was thinking of. But uh, Bannister was was pretty heavily, I mean, he wasn't in the MVP machine a ton, but he was in there as an example of what they called conduits, which was the yeah. former players who are kind of serving as as go-betweens between the front office. And, and now I think he's, he's what, San Francisco was pitching coach or head of their pitching strategy or whatever. Anyway, everybody had great things to say about Scott Harris. And so I... I, I, mean, I have to give them two big thumbs up for the hire and, you know, we'll see what happens now. It was interesting to see, you know, as we've talked about the, having the hinge seal of approval, whoever they hire, which led to the Josh Burns speculation, that first quote from Hinch talking about how he's gotten no Harris over the last few weeks. Certainly he made it sound like there's not a big a prior relationship of any kind. So that's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, in, 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 it'll be interesting to see if they hire an actual quote-unquote general manager. You know, if he's the president of baseball operations, is it going to be a general manager under him like he was under Farhan Zaidi? Because that's, you know, when people talk about what the Giants are doing, they talk about Zaidi. They don't talk about Scott Harris. So, yeah, it, it'll be curious to see what, what happens here over these next couple of months. I, I do want to point out, you know, it's, it's kind of a bummer for the local beat writers that, you know, you, you get scooped by Jeff Passan. But it sounds like, and, and Rod, you can speak to this much better than I can, that the Tigers were really tight-lipped about all of this. And that's why it was a little bit frustrating to see all the, you know, the, the, the stories from Lynn Henning, right? Because it worked maybe, with freelance opportunities. Maybe, maybe what it was is that they were giving Lynn Henning those kind of things to keep everybody off the beaten path, perhaps, because it makes sense. Because... But then you feel bad for the beat writers like Cody, both Evans, and McCoskey. We're out there every day. And Lynn is in Atlanta. Again, we love Lynn. No problem yeah. whatsoever. But at the same time, again, that's that's irresponsible speculation whether they have a problem with it or not. But you know, yeah. it, it it is frustrating because this is I mean, we I've sort of pulled this like twenty minutes beforehand, but I didn't again, didn't think that was gonna happen that quickly. That was a I was going to say something, and then I'm like, oh, we're passing. You know, again, you also have to confirm your sources, and our source knows a lot of people, but anyway, still, it was good to at least have a idea of what was going on. And I was literally going to text Youper 
what we heard. And then all of a sudden, oh, hell okay. Yeah. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I think I saw it at three o'clock. I said, it I, like, I took a couple links and sent to you at like three o five or six. And then 10 minutes later, it was done deal. I'm like, ah, well, so much for that. I read, I was, I, I read the byline on the tweet about six times to make sure it was the real Jeff Hassan. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was coming for a fake. And then he had the follow-up tweet with like, hey, that he joins uh, front office with AJ Hinch and Sam Menzen and Jay Sartori and, you know, yeah. Brian Garko and David Chad and like, wait a minute, what? What? what, what huh? <laughs> so this was a statement from, and I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to share the statement versus reading the statement because who has time to read to people I can I just get this easily, but this is a statement that came out. Yep, here it is right here from, everybody hopefully can see that. So yeah, this is the statement here that was, tomorrow they're going to make a media event tomorrow at the Tiger Club at 2.30, and where Chris, Chris Frillage, Scott Harris, and Chris McGowan, who's the president and CEO of the Sports Entertainment, will be available for questions. And the quote, the only quote I'm going to read is from AJ Hinge. I'm really excited to have Scott Harris join us as president of baseball operations. Get it over the last few weeks, what he wants to do for the future of a team organization. It's really inspiring and something I know our fans will embrace as much as I do. His vision and expectation of winning makes it easier to work tirelessly for him. We have a lot to do, and today is a great step in the right direction on that path, end quote. However, you know, I just thought about this. Funny, it was, well, Chris, you know about last week when I was coming into work, what I saw and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's who he was talking to. I don't know. I mean. Oh, wow. That would have been wild. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, because you need to you need to get be more of a paparazzo and just kind of follow these people around. Yeah, but I'm not. You know what I mean? That's not. I'm I not know. Kidding. I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> Can you imagine though? Well, we, like chasing people down. We know certain people go to extra lengths to try to find stuff out, but that's not not really us. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it is kind of exciting to think of all the all possibilities now. I mean, they were all they all existed before, right? But now there's actually somebody in place to and, and so yeah. I mean, the the one thing it's it's so hard to know what general manager is actually responsible for right what he's done and so basically all I, all I did was look at the drafts since he basically he came in november 2019 at the giants right so only just like the last three drafts they haven't been great but they also are not necessarily brutal they just uh, the, the 2021 class looks pretty rough they took a bunch of pitchers up top and they've all been kind of similar to what the tigers did in terms of taking a bunch of college pitchers and uh, they've all been worse than the college pitchers the Tigers took. So maybe that's good for the Tigers. I don't know. But yeah, I'm trying to think of like any big trades. They traded for Chris Bryant last year, right? And that was yep. a fairly, but that that was kind of like a no-brainer, right? They, they That's one of those deals that just about anybody can make, I think. You know, you got an expiring contract. You're, you're a 110-win team. You need, a, you've got somebody that you need. So, I don't, and I don't know really what to make of when, you know, the Giants were incredibly good last year, just remarkably good in ways that people couldn't quite figure out. And then we've heard speculation that, that you know, they were, they were setting up their lineups based on a launch angle and, and the way bat paths compared to the pitcher's pitch angle and stuff like that, which is kind of next level thinking and interesting, but it clearly didn't carry over to this year because they've been one of the more disappointing teams in baseball. So, but again, you know, We'll give him credit for the good year last year, and then we'll blame Zaidi for this year. How about that? <laughs> there you go. I like that. Well, you know what? I I want to look more into last year as well. I mean, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. It seemed from a distance, and I and I certainly am not going to sit here and say I was 
looking at every in and out of the of the San Francisco Giants last season. But it seemed from from where I was sitting that they either relied on a lot of veterans and brought in some veterans. Obviously, you know, Posey had his going away classic season. And it really interests me to see if that is what they, if they found something with a certain core of, of veteran people they brought in to bolster that team. Because when I see or hear Hinch say, talking about Harris's expectation of winning, to me, that, that hopefully that talks about next year and not a write-off of next year. And one way they can do it is to find some under-the-radar veterans to bolster the lineup. So I, that's that's kind of what I'm going to spend my time looking at right now. So one of the things I did pull from, this is from last year from The Athletic in 2021. This is him. The, the question was regarding how like how they deal with injuries and in terms of death. So it was the question was, why do you suppose the Giants have weathered it's so well in terms of injuries. The season's barely two months old. They had 14 players on IL, plus eight more IX roster been out of commission. And so the quote I pulled for the story I did on Woodward Sports was, I like this quote. It said, a quote, this is what he said. He said, I think it's a combination of factors. One, our players have been very nimble about that they've been able to perform at different spots. We've asked our players to play different positions to cover the holes on our team that come out due to injury. We have a coaching staff that's prepared all our players are very high level each day, so they're prepared to play different roles on our team that's open due to injuries. And this is the part right here that plays in exactly what the Tigers are doing. If that first part too, but this is where I really thought that, oh wow, look at this guy gets it. And I think the third reason we have a deep belief in improving our organizational depth at every turn is paramount to building a healthy organization. Farron and I share the same belief that we should be in constant pursuit of depth upgrades. And he laughs. We're off at Texas show late at night, you know, about double A reliever who's undervalued by the organization. And if there's a way to acquire it, that to me, it end quote. And that's where we saw Erie play Richmond. That is the, t- that is the double affiliate of the giants. And they were a pain in the ass. <laughs> they don't like, it's just like, they had these little, like these guys that you could see as role players eventually for San Francisco. And Chris and I have talked about this super. We've thought, yeah, I know you've said something before. The Tigers need organizational depth. They are getting that right now. The Tigers are in that process. We've seen the, the Seawolves set a new franchise record for most strikeouts by pitching staff this year. You're seeing the pitting stuff like the, the Dane Myers in the world who are now intriguing. Corey Joyce is doing well in Toledo. There's all these little things that are building up, and Joyce can play multiple positions. Andre Livesius can play multiple positions. And so you saw Candelario do that last year, but again, we're not sure what's going to happen with him. But what he said in that quote, I feel like the Tigers are kind of doing slowly but surely. Yeah, no, I was, I was thinking about that too, where they, we were just watching all these kids in the giant system and, you know, go through the draft and like, oh, they drafted him. But yeah, I don't know. That, that is kind of, that, that does seem like a departure from, from the previous general manager, right? I, I don't know that Alavilo was, out there looking at double A relievers from anybody. Yeah. Now maybe he would. I don't know. But it is interesting. And you know, I was I was just looking at the, some of the the transactions that the Giants made right after Harris was hired. And and one of the things we've talked about for years now is how how quickly the Giants seem to turn things around in comparison to the Tigers. Who, these teams tied for the worst record in baseball in 2017. And the Tigers had the tiebreaker. They got Casey Mize. The Giants got Joey Barr. Three years later, the Giants won what 100. And, 13 games. I don't know how many games they won last year. It was absurd. And we, we used to talk well, about these. Yeah, they just, they seem to find all these kind of overlooked 
late twenties guys who came in and helped like the, you know, the Mikey Strumskis and, and Wade Lamotts and these random guys that, that came in and helped. And it did seem like they were a team that was interested in trying to win all the time while also doing all the other stuff you want, you know, trying to t- develop and, and get prospects. So I said earlier, the drafts haven't been great. They don't have a great farm system, I would say. But one of the interesting st- things we saw, and we've used this as an example of creativity many times, in that Richmond series, the guy who made the final out, Will Wilson, was originally, he was a top 15 pick by the Yankees, I think. Yeah. And the Giants were, and he's not a, I don't think he's a great prospect. He'll be a big leaguer, I think, probably as a utility guy. But the Giants were able to get a first-round pick I think within a year, basically by agreeing to take on Zach Cozart's salary from the angel, they said, yeah, sure. We'll take it. And that, that's the sort of thing. Like we talked about, like, Hey, you know, if you've got money, you can use it or like space, you just pay somebody and you get better in ways. And, and so that was something that I like to see. And I don't know, you know, pedigree, it, it's hard to argue, right. You know, under, under Zaidi, under Hoyer, under Epstein. So there's, there's, you know, there's a lot to be optimistic about. I, I can't. Again, like I said, I can't say anything until we start seeing it happen. You know, people are optimistic about the Lions general manager and the Pistons general manager and things are looking up in those teams, but still haven't seen, you know, winning consistently. And that's what we want. So it's going to be a few, few years, I think, before we find out this was a good hire. I like what Jacob said in the chat, spending money eating contracts. Imagine. Yeah. And look, the pedigree stirred itself. I like the pedigree a lot. I like this hire a lot. And we're going to wrap it up here in a minute. We'll probably end up going into more in depth in the next couple of days. I'll, hopefully I'll be at the press conference tomorrow. Fingers crossed. I don't know what the hell this is, but anyway, more to come on that. But I look, the bottom line is this, the Packers did their homework. They didn't go inward and Hinch seems excited. It, you can tell it's a, it's a whole synergy. I hate use that buzzword synergy, but it's true. It looks like Everyone's aboard for that, and it goes from messing everybody down. It because really, why break up the development? The development has done a hell of a job. Keith Rivas, Ryan Garko, they all there's there's something you can be cynical all you want, and we have been, but as many games we've gone to this year in person and seeing all the you know just not just pulling clips and doing these evaluations, there is significant progress. I cannot stress to you enough that there's significant progress. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. There is things to be happy about. And so Wilmer Flores is a random example of that. Saturday night, big game, one of the biggest games of his young career, went out there, six innings, one hit, eight strikeouts. Bam. And you know what that was a result of? Good scouting by the Tigers. Yeah, and, and I am slightly bummed. You know, the Giants signed the elder Wilmer Flores a couple of years ago after Scott Harris joined there. And he just, just like what, last week, signed a year extension with the Giants. And we've been talking about like, hey, you know, he would be kind of a perfect, yeah. you know, bring him in. His brother's in the org. Bring him in. He could be your kind of utility infielder who plays 145 games. If he plays first base, plays third base, wherever you need him. Or not, because uh, he's always been a good offensive player. But those wily Giants, they beat us to it. So yep. well, maybe they'll trade him. For him. Maybe they'll trade him. Maybe they'll be, yeah. they are the Meadows and the Floreses. Yeah. It's a family affair. Sly yeah. Stone, right? You know, when you talk about the developmental system and Harris coming over, obviously, given his education and given who he's worked for and given the success that he's been a part of, he's a smart guy. 
I think we can make that assumption, right? <laughs> so yeah. he can see what's happened in the system this year. He knows already the guys who've made major improvements. And you would assume that he sees some nice development in what the Tigers are have been trying to do. So it makes sense that he could come in and probably keep a lot of the names you just listed, the Garcos of the world, men's and so on, in their position at least for a year. See if this thing keeps going in that, in that direction. He could always start to build his own staff within there down the road. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if, if Menzen is now the the named general manager. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we've, seen a lot of Menzen, we've seen a lot of Sam Menzen in the last couple of days over at Comerica Park, so that's good to see. So, but yeah, more to come here on WilmerSports.com and of course on a YouTube channel. We'll probably end up doing some sort of breakdown, do some video breakdown, or not break, well, necessarily breakdown, but just kind of more to do some breakdancing. Yeah, more to come. And of course, the show will be on Thursday. So if there's anything from the press conference, hopefully again, fingers crossed, it'll be there tomorrow. Thanks to Tom Masley for putting that request in for me. We'll see. If not, I'll be out in the area tomorrow for the Seawolves. First game of three-game set with the Richmond Flying Squirrels and Olsen will get the nod tomorrow as Seawolves starter. So for myself, Chris and Uper, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, everybody.